Yes, hello. Welcome back to the Ultra Culture Podcast. Today is a very, very special episode. This is a big deal, actually. But of course, before we begin, it is Black Friday. And Black Friday extends through Thursday of this week. If you're listening to it, uh, if you're listening to this episode the week that it comes out, it extends to Thursday at 1.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, December 2nd. And we are offering 30% off every course on the site. The code is Black Friday 2022, one word. 2022 is numbers, Black Friday 2022. That's the coupon. If you apply that at checkout, you get 30% off any course on the site. By the way, that includes the first month of any subscription or payment plan. So it's everything. And in addition to that, it's also 30% off a completely new course from Mickey Pellerano. That's right. It's a miracle. There's a course not taught by me. We're, this, we're turning a page here at magic.me. It's actually becoming the school that I have always wanted it to be, and I'm very, very excited about that. Mickey's our guest today. We're going to talk about this. we got a lot to go over. But check out that deal. It only lasts through Thursday. And I, I, I let me, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't like sales. I don't like discounting courses because they're worth every single penny that I charge for them. I generally don't really like the idea of putting things on discount because I, I feel like it kind of devalues the material. Um, and if you've been paying attention, I haven't done any other sales this year. And if all goes well, I may not do another sale ever again because they are worth exactly what what they are. However, the reason I am offering a sale is for a couple reasons. One is, like I said, this, the, the company is expanding into becoming more than just me. It's becoming a full school. In order to do that, I need uh, I need working capital to do that with. And in my grand calculus, I've decided that it's a lot better to just do a sale to raise money than to go like the Shark Tank route, at least for now, and take outside money. Meaning, I would, of course, have to give up some control over the site. And you can imagine for material like this, it's probably a bad idea to, to give up control to who knows who. That said, we may go that route in the future. If you're a friendly venture capitalist out there or just somebody who is flush with cash for one reason or the other and is interested in investing, give me give me a ring. My, my email, you should have my email. It's jason at ultraculture.org. Big things ahead. But that said, I just decided I'm just going to do a sale, raise some money, and then I'll do it that way. It's clean. Also, I have a three-letter secret society that I need to offer obeisance to, that I need to uh, placate. It is not the OTO. It is the IRS. And um, that's just how that goes. So so we're doing a sale this year. Take advantage of it while you can. Who knows? This may be the last sale ever. I'm not just saying that. Um, it goes till Thursday. The code is Black Friday 2022. Everything's on sale, including the new courses we've put out in the last year. Introduction to Magic, Mastering Meditation, the greatest meditation course ever created ever in human history for the internet. And I'm not just because I made it. It really is that good. And Mickey Pellerano's new The Astrology of Wealth course, which is not really, it's not really on sale. It's on pre-sale because it doesn't come out till January. But if you purchase it now, if you purchase a pre-sale ticket, 30% off. Go get it. It's till Thursday. It's your last chance. And without any further ado, here's Mickey 
We're going to talk about the new course, and I'm very, very excited to have Mickey back on and super, super excited he's doing a course. And thank you for being being on. I know you just had food poisoning. I'm exhausted. We're, we're both tired, but we're going we're gonna to do it. No, the pleasure is mine. I'm, I'm back in the saddle, so we should be all good. So let's talk about your course. So uh, right now it's called The Astrology of Wealth. I think we're sticking with that title. I like that title. And... It's up on the site now, but you want to kind of give people a general overview of what you're going to be teaching. Yeah, um, I think that astrology, a lot of people ask me, um, what's the best book to get started on astrology with? You know, and I, I kind of think that book is yet to be written uh, because a lot of the introductory uh, books to astrology maybe are too, um, perhaps some of them are updated, perhaps some of them are um, um, not quite have the punch that I think is required. Um, and there's literally, that I'm aware, no book out there for astrological magic, um, an introduction to bringing magic uh, of, of the astrology into what you do. So this course is great, I think, because it lets people dive right in, right? The best way to learn anything is to do it. And um, <clears throat> I'd like to provide resources for people to, uh, much in the way that Alistair Crowley said, why should you study magic? Well, you're already doing it, so you might as well do it properly. Uh, I feel the same way about astrology, right? We're already living by the tenets of astrology. We're already subject in some way to its uh, uh, machinations, just as we are subject to nature and the way nature functions, right? So if we're already existing within a structure and already um, compelled by it and have a symbiotic relationship with it, why not um, do that with some degree of intent, right? Or do that with some degree of um, active participation. So that's really the, the core of ethos of the course, right? Is to get people starting to engage with that element of nature and also that element of magic. Yeah, I'm really excited about this because I don't have any astrology courses on the site because I don't really know anything about astrology outside of the very basics. And so this is the kind of the beginning of a new era where I'm able to, like, I, I really want magic.me to be, you know, a global university for these topics and for the best teachers in, in the field to come and bring their expertise. And I, I consider you certainly the best teacher that I know on this subject. So I'm super excited, but you're coming at this from an interesting angle. It's not just astrology. It's also astrology for a specific use reason, which is wealth and business, right? Yeah. Um, I think all of us, no, ma no matter where we are in our life, you know, um, um, have an intent towards prosperity, right? Have an intent of doing what we do better and um, have an intent of getting better at what we do and getting better results from what we do, right? Be that uh, success in, in any way, monetary success, uh, uh, what have you. So it's a great place to start, right? Like how to, um, how to augment wealth, how to augment success, how to get better at what you do and um, really how to access the immense power that astrology sort of offers that is already there, 
right? How to tap into that to make those things more fruitful. Yeah, I want to, yeah, I, I just want to address that real quick. I mean, like, I sometimes take flack for, um, you know, I have a certain self-harming behavior, which is like looking up comments about myself online, which I, sh I should never do. But um, I sometimes take flack for putting out courses that are financially motivated. And just to address that real quick, I figured out at a certain point that we live in a super materialistic culture. I never really came from that place. You never came from that place, definitely. But we live in a, in a materialist culture. And I often consider a bit of what I do to be a bit like working with native belief systems, you know, kind of like Padmasambhava, where it's just like, look, this is a money-centered culture. So if you want to influence people, it's, you know, money's a good place to start. The other reason that I like money magic is because people will do it and then they'll see that it works and then they'll yes. get hooked, you know, and then the spirituality will come, right? But I'm not, I have, you know, I think it's, um, people should be prosperous, particularly we live in some pretty trying economic times. You know, it's like, if you don't think that you need material wealth to take care of yourself and the people around you, um, well, you're probably a trust fund kid, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's taking an animist approach maybe to a materialist culture, right? Because a certain degree of, of, uh, of animism is at play with astrology, if not altogether, right? We must understand that that reality is intelligent. The, the reality in which we live, uh, there is an intelligence that that underlies and permeates uh, reality itself. Um, and uh, some people might call this the universe, right? Some people um, uh, might endow trees, flowers, crystals, planets, etc., with consciousness, with with um, an intelligence that is very real and is able to be accessed. Uh, I, I believe it was. I'm not sure if it was Phil Hine or or um, uh, Peter Carroll or one of those chaos magicians, but they say the universe wants to play. Yeah. Right. This I think is, it was William Burroughs said that first. Is that, or it may it may have been Hakeem Bay. Oh, I think right. It, it's probably okay. Hakeem Bay, think, but it, that got passed around a lot. I think you're right that it was Hakeem Bay totally. So the, the universe wants to play. Right. It wants us to to tap into um, uh, the the intelligence of external reality, the the dreamlike quality that is life and to interact with it using our will, using our desire. Um, uh, I agree with you, yeah, it's like money is is sort of a bad word, um, you know, and, and I have issues with it too, right? Uh, someone once said, we all have as deeply rooted issues around money as we do around sex, right? That more sometimes, that but yeah, yeah. Yeah, or if not more, uh, we all have a, a, a lot of guilt about money. We all have a lot of, um, uh, um, you know, ways in which that we might be holding ourselves back from abundance, right? For all kinds of reasons, uh, be they moral reasons, spiritual reasons, uh, 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 reasons that have been conditioned into us of which we are unaware. Uh, why why we put ourselves in a place of um, of this love-hate relationship with money, right? Something that we desire so much, and yet we have so much guilt around and so much uh, uh, problematic relationship around. Um, so, but as, as you say, it is true, right? We Wealth and resources, these things are, are, are required. 
uh, in our life for for the optimization of who we are. You know, if we're going to put our talents to the best use that we can put them, um, if we're going to um, fulfill our karma or our dharma or our 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 true will, if you like, if we're going to exercise that to its highest capacity, uh, we are going to to require material resources. So, um, so that is a big part of it. And, you know, it, it, it starts there, of course. Yes, it starts with like, okay, how, how to do better, right? How to prosper uh, in, in general, financially, yes. But I think the way that the course is introduced is it will bleed out into areas of, of life that are not completely centered in, in the financial, you know, is a spiritual practice. So even if you're approaching it from um, a standpoint of, of, yeah, I would like to increase my wealth, I would like to increase my um, uh, financial or economic uh, status, there will be spiritual results and, and there will be an expansion of consciousness and ability that extends beyond the mere, uh, uh, the mere mortal, right? Or, or, or the mere material, because we are tapping into sectors of existence that extend beyond materialism here. Yeah. And one thing that you were calling my attention to is, as we were working on, on the copy for this course that is just super fascinating is just the idea that the idea that there's any type of split between the material and spiritual is, a, you know, either a recent idea or just an idea that is only ascribed to by certain parts of society. For instance, it, I'd, I'd be really interested if you want to talk about kind of the history of how astrology has been used. You know, you pulled out that great JP Morgan quote about astrology yeah. and, and you were kind of calling my attention to the fact of, of you know, how many of the real rulers of, of history have relied on it. Yeah. And there's so much there. So, so before, before I get into that, just, I want to kind of appeal to something that you said earlier or address something that you said earlier, which is why does there have to be this gulf? Right, the separation between uh, the spiritual and material realms, because there really isn't. Um, I don't think, you know, all, all things are connected, all things are rippled through. And I know that your um, uh, podcast and your style of teaching is is centered uh, quite significantly on Kabbalistic concepts, right, and, and Kabbalistic. Uh, um, uh, you know, this hermetic concept of, of, of Kabbalah, and it shows how, how all things are linked in this way and how material manifestation is, is merely this kind of a, a dense veil, right? Reflecting the things above, uh, as above, so below. So that's, that's almost an interesting topic in and of itself, right? How, how what is the gulf uh, between the spiritual material? Is there one anyways? Um, you know, this is a, a fascinating topic, but uh, more in line with the direct question of how this has been used. My gosh, it's just, it, it, it's exhaustive. Uh, you know, Alexander, uh, you know, the, the, the hermetic resources available in, in Alexandria 
and how astrology was used uh, during those times. And, and I will say, to a large extent, some of it was reserved for the patrician classes and the literate classes uh, throughout history. Um, it was only available to them, but they most certainly were using it. Right? They were using it for uh, military strategy. <laughs> they were using it for um, architectural purposes, for all this stuff. And um, I'm very focused in my studies, especially lately, on the Italian Renaissance, because we see uh, sort of, as, as we all know, the Renaissance calls harkens back to antiquity, right? It hardens or late antiquity, especially uh, these ideas of um, Platonic and Socratic uh, uh, philosophy, and also imagery, right? This is where we see paganism, you might call it, coming back into artwork, as opposed to uh, everything having to be, uh, you know, the assumption of the virgin and these um, uh, tropes from Catholicism that dominated Western art for quite some time. Uh, in the Renaissance, we start seeing, oh, a hearkening back to planetary deities, right? We start seeing a hearkening back to uh, Apollo and Diana and, and um um, Aphrodite and Hermes and all of these things. And uh, this is chiefly because the uh, imagery and symbolism inherent in those, those god forms, you might call them, is inherently astrological, right? It goes back to their, their planetary correspondences. So um, this is most evident, I think, if we look at the palazzos, and um, even a lot of the religious constructions uh, from the Italian Renaissance in particular, uh, all of those noble families, you know, uh, the Borgia, the Sforza, the Medici, all of this stuff, um, they wouldn't let construction begin on one of those edifices, on one of those palazzos, on one of those uh, castles, what have you, unless the astrology was just right. Right, unless whatever planet ruled the, the ascendant of whatever prince was going to live in that uh, palace, that planet had to be on the ascendant, right? The moon had to be in a favorable place. They were consulting with very sophisticated uh, astrological data and material uh, because that was going to be the key to its success and the key to its longevity and the key to the power that it was going to enshrine uh, was going to be dictated not only by the symbolism that was encoded in that structure, but also in the timing that was used uh, in its construction. What planets were prominent in the heavens uh, is, is a term that we hear often in uh, Renaissance literature from that time. Uh, you know, and and this is this is the way things were done. And if you walk into any major city in even America, you'll, you're going to see this. You can't walk around New York City for very long without coming across a zodiac, right? Without coming across some kind of astrological uh, signature. We Rockefeller Center, right? We've got Prometheus rising, uh, you know, and he's surrounded by the belt of the zodiac. And if you turn the corner. You, you get this Art Deco statue of, of Atlas, right, holding the, the world on its shoulder. And again, we have, we have the belt of the zodiac around that. And just across the street is from that is going to be St. Patrick's Cathedral. And uh, 
you know, it's well known that even in Christian iconography, there is astrological yeah. significance. The twelve apostles. In, yeah, yeah. I'm so, I'm sorry. Even the twelve, the twelve apostles. Yeah, the, the yeah. twelve apostles are the the twelve signs of the zodiac, and and notably, you know, you'll often see the four uh, cherubim, right, or cherubs, yeah. or what have you, and these are the, uh, the man, the lion, the eagle, and the bull. Where those those are the fixed signs of the zodiac. You know, the the man is actually Aquarius, the, the bearer of the water. And the, the lion is, of course, Leo, uh, the fixed sign of fire. And the bull is, of course, Taurus, the fixed sign of earth. And then the eagle is actually a, a version of Scorpio. Um, this is Scorpio. The symbolism of the scorpion is really divided into kind of three uh, phases, the, the first of which is the scorpion, which is, uh, it, it used to be believed in myth that a scorpion, if it found itself in an impossible situation, such as a ring of fire, that it would sting itself and 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 kill itself, right? So this kind of like self-destructive uh, element there. But then we have the serpent as the second level of Scorpio. And the serpent is, of course, this uh, a shedding of skin, right? Like this symbol of, of life that, that extends beyond death, right? Where, where a shedding of the skin occurs or a shedding of the physical sheath, you might say, occurs, and yet the life force is sustained. And then the third is, of course, the, the eagle, right? Or the phoenix, this, this resurrected... Uh, um, uh, phase of, of the death cycle. And if, if you, if you look at the Thoth deck in, in the, the, the Crowley Harris deck, you'll see all of these symbols there, uh, the, the scorpion, the serpent and the eagle. And, um, so it's, it's code really. The eagle is a, is a code for Scorpio and the most transcendent expression of that sign. So whenever you see that in Christian art, uh, the cherubim, or it's they're from the vision of Ezekiel uh, in the Bible, right? You, so, so you're going to see those those four creatures. Well, those are the fixed signs of the zodiac. Those, yeah. those are the sustaining um, um, quadratures or what have you of of the zodiac, right? That that hold reality together. One of the most interesting things about astrology for me is that it is kind of a universal language for anyone who's interested in the occult. It's like with, with the occult, it's like everyone's got their own little niche and their own little take on things. But astrology is kind of the thing that everyone taps into. And I think that's always been the case. And also, I mean, you know, just so we don't lose it, I want to throw out that amazing JP Morgan quote that you, you put up, you put on the, the site, which is, you know, uh, what was it? It's millionaires don't use astrology. Billionaires do. Is yeah. that the right? Point? Yeah, and this is the guy who who started Chase Bank, right? Yeah. This is insane. This is insane, right? Sometimes it's uh, this stuff just hides in plain sight. And also, correct me if I'm wrong. It's like we talk about the stuff in the ancient world, but I don't think the stuff ever ended. You know, like we know that astrology was used in the Reagan White House. I'm sure tons of politicians all over the world use it. Uh, mm -hmm. Business people, definitely people in Asia, use it a lot. 
you know, literally every marriage is arranged with astrology in India, and they have the highest marriage success rate in the world. So, you know, mm. um, it never stopped in India, and I don't think it ever stopped here. But there is kind of like with magic, there's this weird thing in our culture where it was reserved for an elite. And of course, a big theme of my work has been breaking down that wall. I think everyone should have access to these techniques. Uh, it's no use cursing the elite. Why not just find their techniques and use them also? That's my, my view on it. Um, but like, for instance, I mean, like a really interesting person to think about in the slide is Steven Skinner, who I should definitely have on the show at some point. You know, he writes, you know, he, he's recorded a lot about the elite tradition of, for instance, angelic magic that was underground in the 1700s and 1600s and, and laid out quite a lot of evidence that there were kind of elite nobility using magic and keeping it apart from the, the working class in, in England for a long time. But even like, for instance, Stephen Skinner wrote a book on geomancy that Prince Charles wrote the introduction to. I don't know if you've really? come yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've come across that. It's just like one of these things where you're like, what the hell? Like Prince Charles literally wrote the introduction to his, one of his book on, uh, or is either geomancy or feng shui of which huh, he's considered an international not, expert. Wow, yeah. I, so there you really go, right? How that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's really fascinating. And it's, um, it's true. I mean, well, if you, they had that Walter Mercado documentary that came out, um, I believe a year or two ago. And I'm, you know, I'm, my family's from Cuba. I'm, I'm, I'm Cuban American. I grew up obviously in a Hispanic household, Hispanic community and Walter Mercado. It was so interesting. He's a fascinating character because first of all, he was so flamboyant, right. And, and this, you know, the culture that I'm from can be traditionally pretty homophobic. And, and also the, the culture that I come from is, is pretty traditionally Christian, you might say, right. A lot of, um, uh, but for some reason, Walter Mercado comes on the TV and everyone's like, no way, like you must pay respect to this person, right? There's something sacred. He, he transcended those kind of, uh, um, stereotypes and he transcended those taboos with this, you know, sanctity that he was offering to people really. And he, there's pictures of Mercado. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure you met. Yeah. With the Reagans, with the Obamas, with the whole bunch of the, the Clintons, you know, every presidency, uh, at least in America. And I'm certain in, in Latin American countries, which was really the Spanish speaking world was really Mercado's, you know, um, uh, a main sort of audience. But, um, but yeah, it has really permeated almost everything. And I don't, yeah. It's so strange to me that we see astrology as outre, right? That we see it as something so separate from from the way that, that we live, and yet it's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, Grand Central Station's got the Ark of the Zodiac above you. There's there's a big, you know, sculpture of Mercury emblazoned outside of that that um that edifice in the facade and and it's everywhere we're using it all the time the the clock okay with its 12 numerical divisions right that's that's the 12 divisions of the zodiac there and 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 the arc and the way that it moves us we measure time by astrology uh, people talk about a 13th sign and, and the possibility of a 13th sign there cannot be a 13th sign because it takes the sun, obviously, it takes the earth a solar year 
to, to make its, its circuit around the sun. And within that time, there are 12 full moons, 12 lunation cycles. So the, the zodiac is a key for the division of those 12 lunar cycles within the greater solar cycle of the year. This is, this is what this is. And, and our clock is based on it. The seven days of the week are based on it. The seven, the seven days of the week, for God's sake, what more do you need? They're named after the yeah. planets. There was a really, when, when, you, you might have seen this. There was a, a survey that came out this year, actually, from YouGov, of all places, uh, YouGov America. They, did, they found that one in four Americans believe in astrology, 27%. Mm. And so... Interestingly enough, though, 22% are, are unsure, and 51% say they don't believe in astrology conclusively, but that's, that's uh, only a 1% you know, dominant share there. Um, and interestingly enough, also, it doesn't, it doesn't really break down that much, a little bit, but it doesn't break down that much among educational lines. It does break down people who are super Bible Belt are less likely to believe in it, but I don't believe that either, because I think they're probably less likely to admit it. Um, well, there was an phenomenal. excellent survey in Pew. Are you aware of you know Pew yeah, Research? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love Pew Research because they are, um, you know, you might say it's one of our only non-partisan uh, news sources, right? It's pretty because definitive. They're, they're, they're working with numbers. You know, they're working with actual statistics. And one of my favorite things that they did is they did a study of spirituality and uh, who believes in what, right? And they categorized people, they created categories, right? To, to put people into blocks of what they believe. And one of these was new age. And the way they defined new age was um, they, they put anybody in that category who believed that something like a tree or a stone or a crystal or a planet for that matter could have a spiritual um, essence, right? Could have a spiritual energy to it. Uh, and this is what Pew Research defined as new age. Hmm. And so the an majority, I'm uh, sorry? So an animism. Right, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good, uh, and, and the, the, there was a high, a high concentration of people that were new age, and most of them were Hispanic, or Black Americans, almost right. That that was the majority of this. So, as a Hispanic, um, I always say that coming from a Cuban culture kind of gave gave me a leg up, right? In, in a way that ritual was was a household thing, and um, astrology, right? Thanks to Walter Mercado and, yeah. and other influences, right? Was was a household thing, and um, and that that. People believe this stuff, right? And it's 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 and and it, whether or not they identify as Christians, they they believe in um, um, yes, a sort of animist worldview, and and people are living by astrology again, whether they realize it or not. You know, just as I said before, if you're using the solar calendar and the lunar month and and the seven days of the week, you're you're living by astrology. Yeah. If you're using a clock with 12 divisions, that's astrologically uh, derived. Uh, if you have um, uh, 
you know, the, the the days of the week are named after the planets. Monday is the day of the moon. Sunday is the day of the sun. Saturday is the day of Saturn. We use the Germanic names in English. Friday is Freya's day, right? But in Spanish, it's Viernes. It's Venus. Wednesday is Mercoles, Mercury, right? So um, we name the seven days of the planets, the seven days of the week based on the planets. If you divide the day, into 24 hours each and you attribute planetary hours an hour to each planet when i first heard of planetary hours okay as an astrological magician i thought that that's so silly right that's at first and then i if you look at the cycle if you break up the day into 24 hours and the first day hour of that day belongs to that planet for example on sunday at sunrise the first hour of that day belongs to the sun well if you divide the day into 24 hours the last hour of that day is going the 25th hour of that day will be the moon's hour and that's why monday comes after sunday even okay. though it's not chaldean order it's not it's not kabbalistic order right the the, the way in which the planets are numbered so Whoever decided to put the days of the week in that order knew their planetary hours. Excellent. And, and, and every culture has done it, you know, that we know of ever since. Super interesting. Yeah, I'm looking at this YouGov survey too, and it's just the, the numbers are very clear. I mean, astrology is, belief in astrology is way more prevalent among younger people, among women, and among Black and Hispanic Americans, right? It's just like very clear. And... There's obviously an element to, I mean, just get this pretty quickly if you study, you know, non-Christian beliefs uh, in any real way. That it's just like, you know, like people who are othered, you know, their beliefs are also othered and considered less than. And that's something that's obviously breaking down, uh, I hope, to some extent in our current moment. So uh, it's interesting to see like that dynamic is just very, very clear when you look at it. Um one thing that I think it's really important, this is, I, this is, I'm sure going to seem like a simple question for you, but one thing that I think is really worth, you know, asking and pointing out is what's the difference between somebody who is doing the type of astrology that you do or analysis or predictive astrology versus somebody who's kind of just looking up their sign in a horoscope, like in the newspaper? Um, well, the key difference would be that the, the, the horoscope in the newspaper is only going to address the sun, the sun sign in the chart, right? And, and, and where the sun is. And, um, the sun is of course a very prominent feature in any astrological chart or in astrology in general. It is the focus of the, the solar year. It is, it is the, it is a star. Okay, and 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 the planets and the moon, etc., pl play a different role, right? They're centered around that sun. Uh, the sun gives life to everything on the earth, but the sun does not operate on the earth. It requires a, a physical vehicle or a physical vessel, right? And this is this in the astrological chart. This is what we would call the ascendant, right? This is our rising sign. This, this denotes our, our physical, cellular 
uh, uh, character, the the avatar, uh, you might even say, that is working on the material plane in service of whatever, or, or in, perhaps not in service is the wrong word, but in um, imbued with the essence of that solar force, right? So wherever the ascendant is located in your chart, and then of course the other planets, the moon being chief among them uh yes the moon is a planet in in astrology and um those are also going to figure highly into your horoscope for that week or for that month so the sun this in in particularly for those people born during the day the sun will have uh to a large extent a denotation of how we express ourselves in the world, our visibility, our vocation, where we shine in the world, okay? So perhaps it speaks to, uh, you know, this uh, logical uh, capitalist idea that the sun is, is figured so highly in, in, in horoscope astrology. And of, naturally, the sun is a very important part of somebody's chart. I am not uh, negating that in any way. But how can you give a broad perspective of, of, you know, the importance of that week simply by using the, the rising, uh, sorry, the, the sun sign, right? That gives you a one in 12 chance of everything being the same for you as everybody else. And it's, it's not going to play out that way. There are subtleties and nuances to the chart that are not available for analysis in a newspaper horoscope. Um, that does not mean that a newspaper horoscope cannot offer valuable information or insight for people or give them things to talk about from the perspective of this solar placement of their chart. But um, it really does operate on a far more nuanced level than that. And there are astrologers out there. Uh, I know Chaney, Chani Nicholas is one of them who says, okay, look at your rising sign in my horoscopes, right? That might give you a little bit more um, specificity, right? Or a little bit, uh, look at your sun and your rising sign. Uh, that might give you, a, a, you know, at least another layer of information to your horoscope. And, and I think that's sound. So am I, would I be correct in saying that kind of what you're going to be teaching people in, in this course is just a much, much, much more advanced understanding of time so that people can schedule and plan their efforts for maximum chance that they're going to be successful? Yes, yes, for sure. And I, I try to do that in the elections that I offer. Uh, election, um, The way that astrology can be used for these purposes is is very broad um, but I would kind of denote it in in a, a few ways uh, the first is is what is called electional astrology and that's choosing the optimal time for certain activities or certain beginnings of certain endeavors right um, using astrological timing to get the best results possible um, and and this is this hinges on the idea that, that a beginning is an important time. Just like our birth chart is so important because that's the moment that we're born is so important. Well, the moment that you start anything is, is then equally important. The moment I launch my business, the moment I send a particular email to someone, uh, the moment I take, uh, I make moves 
right? And I think this is probably what JP Morgan was probably talking about, right? And people like that, like the time at which to to act and to not act and and using astrology. Because what you're doing when you're doing that is that you're working with the 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 cycles that are already present. It's much like working with the weather, right? Mm. If it's 75 degrees and sunny, you're gonna there's certain activities that that are more conducive to that. And you also want to optimize that opportunity yeah. if it's 75 degrees and sunny. If there's a hurricane, A, you, you're going to want to be prepared for that. <laughs> Don't be sending sensitive emails. Yeah, right? <laughs> if there's a hurricane, you're going to want to be prepared for that. And you're going to want to avoid a possible turbulence in that area. So that's one way. And another way is to magically engage with astrology. And that is to, um, to, yes, you're still using timing and you're still using, uh, the motion of the planets and the position of the planets behind what you're doing, but you're also developing a relationship with the, with the energies that are represented by those planets. And, and so going back to Renaissance astrology and paganism and, and, and stuff like that, right? If we give Mercury a form, if we give Venus a form, and we know that certain activities and certain attributes are common to Venus or common to Mars or Mercury or, or what have you, right? There's a rapport and an understanding that can be developed with the, the energies that are embodied by astrological signatures which is something that i hope to you know impart with this course you know um uh and 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 i think that that helps to to kind of introduce the spiritual layer to this where we are tuning in to energies and to um spirits if you like right That, that that have these um these qualities that we want to partake in and that we also want to do justice to Absolutely. So let's say I take your course and I, I go through the whole thing. What what am I what am I going to walk away with at the end? What skills am I going to have? What tools am I going to have to be that I'm that hopefully I, I hope I would be able to use on my own outside of the class? That depends on how much you want to invest in what's available. To okay. You, right. Uh, I, I I think that, um, and I don't mean invest financially in this case. I, I mean invest with your time. Okay. And, and inv- invest okay. invest with your attention, because what I hope to provide is a framework that people can just continue to use on their own. Like once they're done, you know, they 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 will have the tools to um to 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 um. Even if it is on a deceptively simple level at first, they will have the tools to um, uh, to work with timing, first of all. And uh, second of all, they will have a knowledge and attunement that comes with uh, an interaction and participation with astrology, right? That, that they will have a, a familiarity uh, with things that... Um, uh, maybe seem obvious to them, but they haven't engaged with fully yet. They'll they'll develop that familiarity, and they'll learn how to recognize certain things and certain people and certain events uh, by their magical and astrological uh, corollaries, right? And um, uh, and hopefully, uh, who knows that, that I would love for there to be 
even more after this course, right? Because yeah. uh, because we're starting with, I, I like to start with small increments at a time. Let's just start with hours. Then let's go to days. Then let's go to weeks. Then let's go to months. And once you go into the month, then you must bring the moon into consideration, right? And you must bring the, the lunar cycles into consideration and, and the important role that the moon plays in life and in magic and in agriculture and yeah. everything else. So um, I, I really hope to this for this to be a continuing uh, um, journey of how somebody can learn the, yes, learn the skills of astrological magic, but while they do it, they will also learn astrology itself and how it works. And then it can be extended into further degrees of more and more sophistication of how they can hone these skills with more precision, right? And, um, um, but, but at least with this first module, there's certainly enough there to be able to um, optimize your decisions and, and to learn more about yourself yeah. too. So if I have a, let's say I have a business or I want to start a business or I'm, I'm working within a company, but looking to be more successful or just wanting to be more financially successful in life, or even just more artistically successful or have more self-knowledge, I'm going to come out of this course with to being able to immediately put tools into practice to do that. Is that, is that right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, you, you, it'll help you to understand what your strengths are and how to optimize those. And it'll help you to understand what your, um, uh, where your deficiencies are and how to optimize those, right. And work around those and, and, and possibly build strength around areas that, that you might think you're deficient in at this time. Right. Um, so astrology is a very empowering practice, I think. And, and, and it's so, um, uh, it's all about optimization of strengths and mitigation of difficulties. Uh, yeah, that, or part even, get, that part gets overlooked a lot in magic. That's super, super important. Yeah, Pro protecting your downside. Yeah. Optimizing your strengths and mitigating your difficulties and, and also hoping to flex the muscles that might be weaker, right? Learning how to identify those. And, and because ideally we want to be functioning as one holistic whole. You know, we want to be uh, like, 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 oh, yeah, you might have a real strong Venus, right? But your Mercury is a bit debilitated in some way. And I, I don't, this doesn't have to be strictly astrologically speaking. This could be a person, right? The person could have a very strong Venus. They're, they've got a super strong sense of aesthetics. They're, they're really good at attracting um, others, right? Or they might even have skills attributed to Venus, right? Artistic skills, aesthetic skills, cosmetic uh, skills, uh, uh, s stuff like this. But uh, where does Mercury come in? Okay, well, Mercury is going to be logistics. Mercury is going to be calculation. Mercury is going to be communication. Mercury is going to be media, right? Circulation of ideas, receiving and conveying data. This is the province of Mercury, right? So that's that's a muscle that you can flex and, and that you can add to your um, to your toolbox, really. Right. And um, the sun, right. The sun is about visibility. The sun is about prominence. 
the sun is about autonomy and leadership and um and the, the, these are all pow powers right that that can be accessed and and worked with towards our our success in a way that is um not shallow at all no no i'm super excited about taking this class i really am because it's it, it just seems like such a critical life skill and i'll say this I'll ha although i haven't worked with planetary timings too much outside of like hermetic magic which i have done um i did for a while get into just working with just basic lunar phases for planning things for life because i picked that up at some point um and that is no joke even just planning like planning ventures based on lunar phases is like all of a sudden you don't feel like you're pushing against a brick wall anymore. Like mm -hmm. I should pick that back up again. I mean, I probably things would go easier. Um, yeah, this, this stuff is no joke. And it's like, it, when I really got into that, it was like, even if you just take the moon, I mean, I'm a pretty hard headed, rational person, believe it or not. But, um, even if you just take the moon, I mean, you know, human beings are like what over two thirds or three quarters water. Right. So it's like if you weren't affected by the lunar phases, you would probably literally be the only thing on the planet that's not right. And like you, you see what the moon does to the ocean. And so why would other heavenly bodies be any different? Maybe they're just more subtle because they're farther away. But yeah, you know, I mean, every sailor, every sailor is going to use the moon. Every yeah. every uh, farmer. Right. You go to the yeah. farmer's almanac. Yeah. It's all about that. Yeah. And absolutely. And I found that if you plant, if you consider your own endeavors as like planting crops to lunar phases, it works out quite well. Um, so I'm super excited about this course and, um, yeah, I'm really excited to, to learn a new, a new skill, but for you, I want to point this out too. I mean, like for you, this is not theoretical, like this is your job. I know you can't talk about specific people, but you, you, because you have confidentiality, but you consult with a lot of people. I mean, like you're talking with like serious, you know, high up business and, and, you know, I don't know how much you want to say, but it's like you, you're, you consult with serious people on a daily basis. Like yeah. you're, you're a very sought after expert. If you want to talk about that, I know every, it's always hard for people to talk about themselves, but I just want to point this out. I mean, this is not theoretical for you. This is your, your, you've worked with some people that, people know, and you've probably played a hand in decisions that have affected people's lives that are listening to this. Yeah, for sure. I'm, you know, and, and it's funny, I think I, I might've even said this before, um, on, on another episode with you, I'm not sure, but I think every good astrologer has moments that they, they sit back, right? Because we are rational individuals. Okay. You have to have you have to have a pretty strongly functioning intellect to be a good astrologer because there's just a lot of calculation involved, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's times, you know, where your rational mind is working and you got to be like, whoa, am I insane? Like this can't be real because your conditioning comes back in and your, you know, your rational mind kicks in and your, you know, your materialist mind kicks in and you're like, how the heck yeah. can this be working? But I've been, I've made a living off this for so many years and, and I think that that's, for me, that's the proof. It's like, well, look, if this didn't work for not just me, but for everyone I come into contact with, then people wouldn't be coming back. Right. Yeah. People it is crazy. Right. Like I'm in the yeah, same, like, I'm in the same boat. I've been doing this for so long for a living. And then I just like, I literally just try never to think about it. Like, I just don't think, I don't think about it because it does get crazy if I think about it too much. But yeah, that, that, that must be a little head spinning at times. 
yeah and and so it's like i get validation from my clients you know i get i get validation from the world to the the fact that i that my um studies right are useful to so many people to the point that they return and to the point that they you know they send me back stories of how things went and and you know they get back to me on 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 how things all worked out and and this is great because this is data you know it's data for me uh everybody that i work with is in a sense um uh, a case study okay you know Every chart that I sit down with, I look at, I'm like, whoa, I'm like, what is, what, I see the chart and I'm like, what does this look like? Like, what's it like to, to be born with this chart? And then I meet the person and I get to interface with them and I get the data and the information and, and the way it manifests for them in their life, you know, and then we're able, and this is more advanced, obviously this won't be part of this immediate course, um, but, but eventually, um, you start to see larger pictures and larger patterns and when things can be expected and all this other stuff. And so um, the data that I receive from, from the people that I'm able to uh, uh, you know, that I have the privilege to work with and that um, that I'm able to assist them to some degree with their success and uh, with things going well for them in, in their life is uh, it's very reassuring for me. Right. Cause, cause yeah. I'm like, wow, it, it, like this works for me, but the fact that it works for everybody else is to, at this point, I'm like, come on. That's you amazing. Know, it's, it's, I'm super excited. I mean, like, just as you've been talking, I've just been kind of imagining it's like, just imagine it's like, you know, if everyone is walking around with a, with a watch that is tracking one planet, you've got like one watch face and I, I don't, never even wear my watch. So I, I misplace it, but but imagine some people who are walking around with your standard 12 hour clock. And then you've got somebody who has a watch with that tracks seven different planets. So they have seven whole understanding of time. You know, it's probably exponential. I would imagine it's like, wow, I want that. <laughs> that sounds that's, really good. That's exactly what it <laughs> imagine is. Imagine how much more effective you would be. The, the planets all move at different speeds. So they're like different hands on a clock. I actually want that watch physically now. That, that sounds good. You, you'll see them. If you go, if you go to certain town squares in Italy, right, and in you know that that were built during the Renaissance or even the Reformation uh, the, uh, or post Reformation, right, like the Enlightenment uh, uh, situation, you'll see them. You will see uh, zodiacal clocks, and and you'll see planetary symbols. They do exist, and um, there's some that have lunar phases actually a friend of our families uh gave my family a clock and it's got a little moon that rotates wow. that te- that shows you that's the, awesome the lunar yeah the lunar phases i on want the that clock. and i don't even just want um, an app i want like a literal physical thing in my house that would be amazing yeah it's this whole those those contraptions you see you know like whenever you see like enlightenment era like voltaire right you see those big rotating kind of like isn't there one in munich i think i think i remember seeing one in munich when i was there i wouldn't doubt it i haven't been to munich since i was like 16 but yeah it's it's um I, i wouldn't doubt it they've got a lot of uh that stuff there i i've seen it in um um, I, I spent a lot of time in Italy. So I love Italy. It's my fa- my favorite place in Europe. I think Rome is the best. 
Uh, but yeah, it's great. No, but it's like like when I like it's like when you think about it that way, it's like so common sense. It's like why did people just forget about those other six, you know, those other things? It seems so. It's just like what the hell? We're like walking around in the dark, bumping our heads into things, and we we wonder why we're frustrated all the time. That's another point that you nailed on the head earlier. It was when you're like, well, wait, all of a sudden when I start working with this one element of astrology, right? I believe for you it was moon phase. Yeah, just one, just, um, that, just that, nothing more than that. You're like, oh, it just feels like I'm not banging my head against the wall anymore, right? I'm not running into as many obstacles. Well, that's because you're working with the natural course that is already there. You know, yeah. you're, 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 you're working with the current that is yeah. already existing and that is already available um, now, naturally, there's ways to optimize within that current, right? And that's kind of what what I hope to teach in 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 my course. Like, okay, let's let's little by little, right? I mean, it it, it does take years of expertise to really become whoa to become fluent in this language, right? But that doesn't mean that people can't begin to apply it almost right away. Yeah, with with a with a very minimal understanding. E- even just that one thing of tracking the moon for me, like that was such a huge thing. That was such a huge win, and that was not like rocket science. It was just like you know, like start. What was it? It was just like start new endeavors in the new moon, and you know, make sure they're finished at the full moon. It was pretty much that, you know, and just like track the the manifestation of your projects by that, and that was like huge. It was huge. I, I think a farmers plant the same way. So it was just like huge. It was like plant the seed at the new moon and harvest it at the full moon. I'm sure there's way more sophisticated ways to do it than that. But that was and just like such I would a big love deal. To extend this course beyond these these first two sections, you know, because yeah. we like. But this is the best way to go. You start with the days, because believe me, there's already immense. How, there's already a ton of power and a ton of information. And I mean, I'm talking, look, the most sophisticated astrologers out there, okay, we're using planetary days and hours. This isn't baby talk here. Mm. I'm not I'm not giving elementary stuff to people at all, but I am giving deceptively simple information that can be used. And, and it starts with that. You start with understanding the day. You start with understanding the week. Then you move on to the month. Then it's time to bring the moon in, right? And that's why I really want to. Um, ex- I really do hope, right, that that, that we can extend this yeah. uh, to that because it's it's really powerful. And let me tell you, once you get there, once you get to the point where you're tracking the moon, you're gonna have already installed an understanding of astrology that no book can really give you, because you will have, you will have embodied it, lived it, and watched it happen. I mean, you're, it's going to be ingrained in you by that point. You, you won't need to read books on yeah. what some other astrologer thinks about stuff, because you will have experienced it. it and and watched it go. You know, That's I mean, huge. the moon is so awesome. Like the moon rises with the sun when it's new. And then every day it rises an hour later and an hour later, right? Until the full moon, when the moon will rise as the sun sets. So we already have a clock. We already have a clock operating, right? Like that, that we can go out and watch every night. We already have a clock operating. If you just look at the sun and moon, you already got two hands on that clock. You know, so it's, it's, if, if you integrate this, um, even just using uh, a days, hours, have a grasp of the planets and their understanding, all you can do from there is grow. 
Super exciting. Yeah, I can't wait for this class. Let's talk about logistics. So the class comes out, the class is already for sale. People are definitely already buying it. Uh, and the pre-sale is only going to last through through Black Friday. So there's only a few yeah. more days to get it. Um, yeah, at, thanks, at the, at thanks the, by the way, to everybody who has uh, who's, uh, signed up for the course. It's, it, it feels great to see, um, you know, enthusiasm there behind this this kind of work. I'm very happy. Yeah, it's going well. Our hope, obviously, is that enough people sign up so that we will be able to continue the courses. Um, I think that's going to go well. But yeah. the actual course you're teaching in early January, is that that's correct? Yeah, for those who sign up, you know, for when the when the class actually quote unquote like happens, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, um, um, I, uh, I'll be present for for uh for, for for that month for those two modules, right? And this way, if people have questions, uh, people have stories, people have uh, you know, maybe uh, details that are more bespoke to their specific needs or whatever. Or once they work with the material, I'm sure questions will arise. Of course, um, so yeah, for, for that module, like uh, I, I will of course be there. And well, uh, I, I want to clarify. I think we're, we're teaching this at two different levels, right? There's the the basic level where people just get the course. They can just watch right. the course. And then there's a, a higher tier inner circle level where there's a, a community component to it where they get to interact with you and there's a forum and you teach to 90 minute <clears throat> Uh, 90 minute one-on-one -on -one sessions where people can interact with you directly, but that's at a yes. higher, that's a higher pr uh, price point. That's like an, a, a special higher level. Right. Okay. Sorry. Yes. That's, yeah, I, yeah. that's what I meant to say for those, for those who are, um, you know, part of that course, right? Yeah, for that the for the people be, who really uh, want to really want to dive in. Yeah, that'll be like, um, and 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 I'll go more than ninety minutes. You know, I'd I'd like to make it two hours. You know, it's like just to so people have the time to, you know, really. I, I really want to be able to answer people's questions because once they start practicing, they're gonna have questions. Yeah. You know, things are gonna come up, and they're probably also gonna have stories which is going to be great that, that I'm excited know, they, about that. So it's yeah, pretty much, gonna, it's, it's like you can, you at the, at the basic level, you can buy the basic ticket where you, where you get to watch the course and that's going to be great. You're going to have everything. Nothing's going to be held back. And then there's a higher level inner circle ticket where you also get community, uh, community section and one-on-one -on -one interaction with Mickey. And I also want to point out, this is not discord. We are deploying something new at magic.me, uh, on a trial basis with this course, which is our own forum system with embedded video. And it's like super, uh, really, really exciting. It's part, going to be part of magic.me. It's not going to be separate from magic.me. It's not going to be discord. It's not going to be Facebook. It's not going to be open to the public. It's going to be like our own, like inner school. And this has been long in coming. I'm very excited about that. Um, we just got the technology rolled out to do that. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be really cool. Um, and, and I'm hoping to extend that to some of the other courses. Um, and there's a lot coming in 2023 of new, new features and things like that. But this is the first course you're going to be able to do that with. So Mickey's going to be interacting with you like in live video in this discussion section uh, in, in magic.me. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm very excited about that just from the technical angle of, of extending the capabilities of the school to that. So, um, so we're offering it at those two levels. And then there's actually a third level where, um, and this, by the way, the 30% discount covers this as well. 
you can get all of that. And then you can also bundle in the Fortuna working, which is my magical working for generating wealth. Uh, so you get like the super ultimate financial uh, supercharger blowout, uh, everything you need. I've been talking to people, by the way, like people took like uh, fi- Fortuna working. I don't know if you're aware of that, Mickey. It's like a one week ritual that I created where you're doing all this stuff to man- purely to manifest wealth. And there's like, I've gotten emails from people where they've like manifested 50 grand from that uh, or oh, wow. more. Yeah. And it's like, I was like, wow, well, it worked better for you than me. That's great. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doomed to be the teacher. Um, but I'm very excited about that. It's like, I've gotten so many stories back from people where they've just completely uh, changed their life, built multi-general wealth, uh, you know, generated wealth for their, their grandkids that they didn't have before. Um, so that you can get that bundled in too, and you get that right away. So you can get that going and then, and then add in the astrological timings, which I don't know. Uh, for the the ultimate package um, the forums we're gonna roll out prior to the course so um, that will be those will get booted up I think probably after the Black Friday sale but pretty quick you know I'm I'm you know I only have so many uh, I'm you know uh, I, I may be a Hindu deity but I only have so many arms here so um, but we're gonna boot that up pretty quick and that will be so you'll be able to have access to that before the course but um, otherwise, it's yeah. January is the month, pretty much. And and more than timing, because it won't just be timing. I mean, it will be timing, right? It, timing is always going to be of essence when you're using astrology. But um, there is incorporation of, of astrological magic into this, too, in, in the way that I'm teaching. Because, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that, that uh, astrology, you know, I, I also come from a hermetic background, just like you. So it's like I learned astrology with my magic, right? They were yeah. on the same plate. They weren't two separate entities. You know, they were kind of woven together. And um, and that's that's the way my life has kind of always been. And um, but luckily now we have all these awesome translations of you know ancient yeah. hermetic texts. Yeah. Now the astrological stuff is way juicier, and and there's much more astrological information there to heighten our magic. Yeah, that's to make phenomenal our magic about our powerful. time period. There's so much better information available, even in the last ten years. Oh yeah, I can't, I mean, I can't even keep up nuts. with it. There's so much stuff. Yeah, and so um, it's it's a really great way. Um, you know, uh, yes, we can in, in a way that it's almost, like I said, it depends on people. Everybody's going to have a different sort of sensibility and a different degree that they're going to want to invest their, their energy and their talents into what we're doing here. So, um, some people will, will really love that timing stuff, right. And, and getting that in effect and all that, but there's also is a strong magical component too, to, to kind of juice up the magical practice that you already have with, with astrology and and use uh, astrological imagery and astrological timing and astrological concepts as you might say uh, uh, I don't want to say an accoutrement but like another layer right to your magical practice to enhance its efficacy um, that's that's another uh, that's another characteristic I would say of the way this this class is being put forth awesome so let me just ask this too, because I just want to make sure that everyone who takes this class, it's right for, um, is there any, like, who should not take this class? Is there, is there is, well, the first question of that is, do you need any background in advance to be able to take this class? Do you need to know astrology? Do you need to know magic? Or beyond that, 
is there anyone who should this class is maybe not right for if they're coming to it from a certain angle or they're expecting something? No, I I mean not to be um uh I think I've done a pretty good job in setting it up that you don't really need to know anything. You can really just dive in from wherever you are. You don't even need to be a practitioner of magic. Um, naturally, since this class is coming from your, you know, it it, it is a, an extension of your platform and is an extension of of of, um, of what you do. I am presupposing some level of of knowledge of magic, but it's not a hundred percent necessary. Um, you know what I mean? It's, it's not completely necessary. There'll be enough tools within there to get people going on a, on a magical practice, whether or not they, they have any prior experience with it. Uh, but those familiar with what you do on the site should have zero problem. Like or, it, or it's going to be, if I, I imagine if people listen to this podcast, they probably have enough of a. Definitely. They're at least open to the idea, you know. Yeah, if they're if they're already to that degree of familiarity with this stuff, and and they're familiar with your podcast and your work, those people are most certainly gonna just, I mean, very seamlessly d- d- dive right into the way this is structured. Um, but who knows, you know? Like even say I was teaching, I don't know, my my cousin who's never heard of sigils before or whatever um they they could they could take this and they could definitely walk away with some useful stuff so that that is one of the phenomenal things about astrology it's like everyone has kind of at least a basic idea of what it is so Mm -hmm. when they come across real teachings like you're you're going to give them it's going to be you know a smooth transition i think i'm really excited i'm really excited so um yeah so maybe we should wrap it there i mean uh, i'm I've, i'm super hyped up um thursday is the last day to get any black friday deal the code for the astrology the class is called the astrology of wealth it's the top course on the magic.me page right now um the just like all the other courses the code is black friday 2022 one word 2022 is numbers you put in that code at checkout and you will get 30% off uh, pre-order price in this case for Mickey's course, no matter what level you take the course at, by the way. And you can also use that code for anything on the site right now, including our new Mastering Meditation course, including the Introduction to Magic course, including Adept Initiative, which at this point is definitely our flagship course, including Fortuna Working, anything, um, even subscription packages, you can take 30% off the first month or, or even payment installment plans, 30% off first month. Uh, that's the first sale we've done like this. It's the first sale I've ever done that is a blanket sale of everything on the site. It, Like I said at the beginning, it may very well be the last sale that I do. I'm not just saying that. I would very much love to get into a place where I don't have to do sales anymore, but right now I'm still bootstrapping and we are growing the school significantly this year and bringing on lots of new teachers. Um, and I'm very, very, uh, honored Mickey that you're the first teacher. I'm very excited about it. Um, I'm thanks. I'm honored too. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, uh, thank you very much. And I'm super excited about not having to teach every single course on the site anymore. And I, <laughs> and being more of the, um, uh, doing more of the business and technical side of it. And I'm sure that people are excited about that as well. 
Um, so it's a new it's a new day at Magic.me. All right. Anything else people should know before they take your class, or if they want to also if they want to look you up and and check out what you do, uh, where can they do that? Uh, yeah, I've got uh, my, my website's very bare bones, just mickeypellerano.com. And I have two Instagrams. I got a personal Instagram, which is just at Mickey Pellerano. And then I have uh, Time Lord TV, which is kind of my it's it's my program slash educational platform that I uh, that I do. That's uh, that's also kind of expanding, right? Because it used to just be sort of a show where I interviewed people about things, but now it's expanding, like to offer resources to people, like oh, what to do on the new and full moon, right? Well, what to do on um, uh, how to choose electional uh, times to optimize your astrology. That's available on that side too, but it doesn't offer the kind of like um, uh, structured education that this class is going to, of course. But um, but but there are resources there. So uh, Mickey Pellerano and Time Lord TV. And of course I'm available for um, uh, bookings. If people want to have sessions as well, they can reach me through those platforms if they'd like to, or uh, via my site, my emails on there. And there's some awesome testimonials for you on that. I'm really glad we were able to put on the uh, page, the astrology course page as well. I'll just read the first one because this is awesome. Um, One of Mickey's, these are, these are, from Mickey's clients, one person said, I've encountered three tarot magicians, Jodorowsky, who often did my tarot cards in Paris, Marie Angela during my Rome time, who was Fellini's and Mickey. If that's not an awesome quote, I mean, come on. <laughs> I, know, I, was, I was really excited about that one. That's, that's pretty that's good. Sure. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's call it there. And, uh, maybe we can, hopefully we can do another podcast, where, um, Maybe when the course is coming out, that would be good. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thanks Sounds so great. much, Jason. This okay. is awesome. And I'm really excited too. I mean, this is like, like I've, uh, just having the opportunity to structure all of this into something so solid and something so, um, uh, serviceable has been an awesome experience for me. So I'm, I'm really happy about it and grateful for sure. Yeah. I think it's going to be, it's going to be great. I'm, and I think it'll be the beginning of a series. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. All right. Uh, astrology of wealth magic.me. I will see you in class very soon.